Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. I'm going to go straight to prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we praise you and magnify thy most glorious name. And again, Lord, we thank you so much for this time that we're about to have with you, Lord God. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that Holy Spirit shall minister to every single listener that is out there today, O Lord God. Speak to them and touch them in your own special way. Heavenly Father, only you know the needs, the desires, the issues in the lives of every single listener, O Lord God. So I pray that this day you will touch them, O Lord God. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. Amen. Praise God in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Oh, God, yes. Well, it's great to be with you again here on Genesis 1. I'm glad you could join us. And uh, today uh, I want to talk to you about a, a subject that uh, is important, I think, to every single believer, and that is how to, to really get a deeper knowledge and understanding of, uh, of our Christian walk and of who God is for that matter. Uh, we all are wrestling with many things going on in our lives. We all have dreams and desires and aspirations for many things. But how do we really connect with God? How do we, we understand what is happening in our lives? The only way to truly know God is through revelation. Okay, And God desires to reveal more things to us. God does not want to keep us in the dark. You know, we want to know him. And if you really want to know him, then he desires to give you as much information and, and as much interaction with you as he possibly can. And as much as you're willing to receive, you know, we're living in challenging times, as I always say. And the only way that some things will be managed or solved in our lives is through God's intervention. You know, we can do and think all the things that we want to do, but the bottom line is that we need to be praying for God's intervention, okay? There are there are things at play, things in motion, there are for, uh, spiritual things of darkness uh, in operation in this world, and we need God's intervention in order to carry us through. You know, now, now this is where we must really begin to wrap our heads around the whole concept of spiritual realities, okay? We need to, uh, to understand that. Uh, if you believe that God is God, Okay, you believe that he exists and understand that there are some real, there's real meat in the subject of spiritual realities and understanding them. God lives in the spirit realm, which is supernatural. Okay, God lives in the spirit realm, which is supernatural, which means outside of the natural. You know, right away you hear people say supernatural or many when they hear the word supernatural. They start thinking about Twilight Zone or some Outer Limits thing or some do-do-do-do, you know, some old weird thing. But no, it's not. The supernatural is very, very, very real. And it simply means outside of the natural. Merriam-Webster Dictionary says, uh, says of the word supernatural, it says of or relating to, of or relating to, an order of existence beyond the visible, observable universe, okay? Of or relating to an order of existence beyond the visible, observable universe. goes on to say that the word supernatural means beyond and above the natural, beyond and above the natural. So when I say supernatural, this is not relating to the physical, just the physical reality of, of this podium here or anything. It relates to everything that exists, that are seen, that's seen and that is unseen. And it goes beyond the observable universe. This is where God operates. And we need to start off by clearly understanding that. Okay, This is where God operates. It is the realm where heaven and earth intermingle. Okay, it's in the supernatural realm where heaven and earth intermingle. Okay, they they they, they co-mingle. They they get integrated as God so deems it to be. All right, and we need to understand that it it is real and that it exists. It's the realm of interaction. It's the realm of interaction between God and man. God wants His children to live and operate in this realm. Okay, now again, this is where God 
interacts with us in the supernatural realm. God is not a physical being that is on this planet. Jesus was physical when he was here. Jesus went on, on home to be with the Father. God is not physically here on this planet Earth, but this is where he operates, and this is where he intermingles and touches us. It's within the supernatural realm. Now, of course, God could make himself manifest physically if he's so deemed, you know, if he's so deemed necessary or whatever. God is sovereign. I always say he can do whatever he wants to do, but for the for the for day-to-day understanding, it's in the supernatural realm where God interacts with us and where God speaks to us and where God touches us. And we need to understand that. So therefore, the deeper, the deeper things of God reside in the supernatural realm. The deeper things of God reside in the supernatural realm. realm. And this is where we need to be if we want to be overcomers. Okay, We need to be aware of and moving in the supernatural realm where God is. If you want to live there, you must believe that all God says is literal and desire the deep things of him, okay? When God told me to preach the uncompromised word of God, that means that he told me to preach the word of God as it is written, not to be embellishing it, not to be downplaying it, okay, but to preach it as it is, all right? So therefore, I believe that the word of God is literal, is literal, okay? Now, the book of Revelation is, is highly symbolic and is highly highly figurative, but uh, you can even understand that with Holy Spirit prayer and with Holy Spirit understanding, with Holy Spirit revelation. So I believe that when God says he created the earth in six days, yeah, I believe it was six days, okay? I'm, I'm not getting into a whole lot of lot of science and things like that. God is not, God is a, it doesn't function the way we think that God functions. God is, an, God is a God of the impossible. So I take God's word literally in everything that he says, okay? But there are secrets within the supernatural realm that God wishes us to be a part of because this is where he wants to educate us. This is where he wants to teach us. Why don't we go to Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. Okay? And it says, the secret things, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Okay? So understand, let's unpack with that saying. The secret things belong to God. The secret things belong to God. But those things which are revealed belongs to us. Okay, so the secret things belong to God. But those things that are revealed to us by his choosing is what he wants us to hear and to know and to understand, okay? The secret things belong to God, but he, according to his word here, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law, okay? So it's saying that God has these secrets, but obviously what this is saying that is that he wants to reveal those things to us and they belong to us and they belong to our children, those that are after us. So that means then, that if these are his secrets and they belong to us and he wants to reveal them, then that means that there must be some things that right now, or maybe during during your stage of life where you are, maybe there's something that he wants to reveal to you that you just have not yet seen. Okay, There's so much that is unseen and unknown about God, but God is indeed willing to share us. And as he shares with us, I mean, gee whiz, you know, one of the things I look forward to uh, about heaven is being that we have eternity there. She was, I don't know how God is going to, <laughs> to coordinate, 
you know, or to coordinate or allow me to talk to him and ask him questions. I don't know how he's going to go about doing that, but I have a million questions I want to ask of the Lord, and I believe he's willing to reveal them. We'll, we'll, it'll take an eternity for us to just be able to drink in all that he wants to reveal to us. But he is saying, according to his word, that while we are here on earth, there are things that he wants to reveal to us. So the things that are going on in your life that you do not understand, God wants to reveal to you. The things in your life that you do not understand where you're heading or where you're going, God wants to reveal that to you. But we have to realize the fact that, 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 that God operates out of a supernatural realm, and he wants us also to interact with that supernatural realm. So it's not like we are here on this planet Earth operating in this physical world by ourselves. No way. No way. There's a way, according to God's will here and God's word, there's a way for us to interact with God in that supernatural realm. Okay, and he wants to wants to show us these wonderful things. Go to Jer, uh, Jeremiah thirty three, verse number one. Jeremiah thirty three, verse number one. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, and while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, "Thus saith the Lord, the Maker thereof." The Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Please underline verse number three. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Okay, and again, I say underline. And let me just pause this for a minute, because now's a good time to say, when I mentioned underlining this, if you don't have your Bible, hit the pause button and run and go get your Bible, maybe a marker or a pen or pencil or something, maybe some note paper, whatever, take some notes, because it's, it's important that we understand where God is coming from. First number three alone, alone just speaks, you know, it, it roars um, at me, call unto me and I will answer. So if I, God is saying, if I call him, he will answer me and he will show me great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. So there are things out there that I do not know. And as I mentioned a minute ago, I don't know how God is going to manage, you know, all the questions I'm sure a lot of us will have and, and the interaction we want to have with God. I don't know. But God is saying there that he will answer and will show us things that we don't know. So right now, what's going on in your life? That's a good jump off point. Why don't you take some time and call out to God? And could God, where's this headed? Where should I go? What do you want me to do? Okay, because this is where the interaction happens in the supernatural realm. Okay, and he says there that, that, that uh, I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So that means that there are things about your life, there are things about you that you simply do not know yet. You simply do not know. Okay, and he wants to reveal that stuff to us. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2 verse number 1. 2 Corinthians 2, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verse number 1. Sorry, 1 Corinthians 2, verse number 1. 1 Corinthians 2, verse number 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Hear what he's saying there? My speech and my preach was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit, meaning Holy Spirit, and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, 
but in the power of God. Okay. We don't put our faith in the wisdom of men. We see what's going on today. It's the wisdom of men that has gotten us into the state and the conditions that we're in. Okay. Both in our, our cities, our counties, your, 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 your villages, your communities, wherever it is that you may be living in the world. Okay. It's the wisdom of men in most cases that have gotten us into the place that we are. So it's say, he's saying there that, that I do not stand, you know, you know, my preaching was not, uh, with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power for your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Our faith needs to rely and be in the power of God. Verse number six says, how be it? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that came to naught. Okay, the wisdom of the princes, the kings, the leaders of this world did not benefit as it came to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world, none of the leaders of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Okay, so if they had known the wisdom, God's wisdom, then of course they would not have even crucified Jesus. But they didn't know where Jesus was coming from. They could not simply understand. Okay, their hearts and their minds and their eyes were blinded to the truth. All right. So, so it says again, verse number eight, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Okay, so there's so much that God has prepared for us that love him that we just can't, we, we can't even imagine what it may be. Eye hasn't seen, ear has not heard the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Okay, verse 10, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Talking about Holy Spirit. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God, yea, the deep things of God. So this is telling us, saints, then, that there is something out there. There's information, there's knowledge, there's there's stuff that is out there that is unknown to us that we have not seen or, or heard and can't even begin to imagine. There are things that are out there in the supernatural realm, okay, that can only be revealed by Holy Spirit as God so desires us to know. Okay, so that goes to tell you right there that all that we experience here on this planet Earth is not the length, breadth and and height of all that there is. There's a lot more that is well beyond that. Okay, and those things that are well beyond what we see, hear and perceive right now, those things that are out there in the supernatural realm where God is impact our lives and can impact our lives. Okay, all right. And if we're willing to know and to be guided by God, then we can enter into that super that supernatural realm through God's Holy Spirit and understand the deeper things of God, because this is where God will reveal it to us. Okay, this is where God will reveal it to us. Now, I always say God can do anything that He wants to do, but I chance the chances are very, very slim that you're going to wake up, wake up in the morning, and and look over on your night table and see a note written in pencil or pen on a piece of paper where God is telling you exactly what He wants to do. And this is information for your life. And again, God can do whatever He wants, but I doubt very much that you'll wake up and find that written on a piece of paper uh, on your bedstand. Okay, the way the place to get that information is through the deeper things of God which is revealed to us by his Holy Spirit. Okay, 10, but God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. In other words, for um, for what man knows the things of man, except the Spirit of man which is in him? In other words, the only one that knows the deeper things of you is you. Okay? 
Okay. The only one that knows the most intimate secrets, if you will, or whatever things that are in, in, in your life that have, have happened in your life. The only one that really, 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 really knows you is you. Okay. Your wife or your husband, your children or someone very close to you. They may love them a lot. They may love you or not, but they do not know every single little feeling, every single little thought, everything that happens with you in your life. The only one that knows you is you. So this is saying that the same way the only one that knows you is you is the only one that knows God is the Holy Spirit of God. Okay. For what man knows the things of man save or accept the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no no man except but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Understand that? Okay. We have received not the spirit of the world. God has not given you the spirit of the world to think and behave like people that are unbelievers and non-believers. God has not given us that spirit, but the spirit which is of God, Holy Spirit, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Okay. So there are things out there that God wants to just freely give us. There's no cost. He just wants to give them to us. But the only way that we can get that is through the interaction, into the interaction with God in that supernatural realm. Okay, and so you have to believe that it exists. If you are a child of God, you have to believe that it exists. Stop hanging yourself up and stop and and, and stop dooming yourself to the to the locked in behavior, the thinking that so many people have that I'm operating. I'm a Christian, but I'm operating only in this three dimensional realm, this physical realm that I see and operate in. Okay, you as a child of God, God wants you to step out into that spiritual realm, which is where he can interact with you through his Holy Spirit. Okay, God is spirit. Holy Spirit is spirit. Okay, he is not on this physical plane. So the way that he interacts with us is in the spiritual realm, which is the supernatural. Okay. Verse 13 says, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Okay, so what it's saying is the natural man, a person that is an unbeliever, non-believer, certainly cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. To him, they're foolishness. You know, nine out of ten times, if we Christians, you know, we really start talking with someone that is unsaved and we start sharing with them the things that we know. They start saying, oh, that, that's foolishness. First of all, you're a Christian. You believe and you believe in an invisible God. So that's really stupid. How can you believe in something that you do not see? But see, well, that, 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 of course, that crosses every single fundamental um, uh, 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 issue, if you will, you know, or, or, or belief that we have as, as, as Christians. And, and, you know, we know that God is invisible, but it is through faith that we believe and we know that he exists. Okay. But if we start talking, matter of fact, to an unbeliever, to a non-believer, this message, I'm sure is probably perceived as foolishness because they simply cannot understand where we're coming from. Okay. The natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Someone that is a non-believer and unbeliever cannot know the things that we're talking, talking about because, because they have to be spiritually discerned. 
And that discernment comes from Holy Spirit. And if you're an unbeliever, non-believer, you do not have Holy Spirit. So therefore, you cannot understand what I'm talking about or what you may be talking about. And some of you out there may have even witnessed that. I mean, maybe you've been talking to someone at work or someone in the family, even for that matter, is unsafe. And you wind up getting on the subject of God, the Bible or Jesus or something like that. And the things that you start talking about, they kind of, and you can kind of tell by looking at them, looking at their eyes, you kind of, all of a sudden you can see where you lose them. You know, where all of a sudden, you know, in, in their heart of hearts, they're thinking, oh, boy, this guy's crazy. Oh, boy, oh, boy, this woman now is going off the deep end because she's talking all this all this spooky spiritual stuff, you know, about some invisible God. So they simply cannot understand where we're coming from because they don't have Holy Spirit. So therefore, they do not have discernment. OK, OK. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. OK. All right. So that's what this is saying. Natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For he, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. All right. Okay. So this is what we're talking about here is the spiritual discernment. Deeper, deeper knowledge that goes beyond just everyday, everyday knowledge. Okay. Many times we are too busy focusing on earthly or carnal things, or carnal things of our Christian walk. Therefore, we can't see the deeper things of the Spirit of God. Okay, my, many times we're so involved in, oh, gee, was, you know, how am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to pay the mortgage? Uh, how am I going to get this promotion? How am I going to get my child into this good school I want them to get in? I don't have the money. Uh, my finances, my this, my this. And it's so focused on worldly things that we forget about focusing on the spiritual things of God and entering into that spiritual realm where we can interact with Holy Spirit. We can interact with God. So therefore, we get so caught up in worldly things that we can't see the deeper spiritual things of God. We are acting as babes feeding on milk, acting as babes feeding on milk. Let's go to our um, 1 Corinthians 3, verse number 1. 1 Corinthians 3, verse number 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as to carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able. Okay? Neither yet now are you able. For you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am Paul, and then another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos has watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, and neither he that watereth, but God that gives the increase. All right. So what he's saying here is that until now, he could only feed them with milk, okay, Me, and not with meat. You start out a baby is born when the baby is young and maybe the, the mother is, is suckling the baby or maybe you're just giving the baby bottled or canned formula, whatever it is th these days. But you don't, you don't start out an infant. You don't start an infant with giving them a steak. They simply can't chew it. And if they could, they, 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 little tummies and bellies and things that they cannot digest it. So you simply can't give meat to an infant. So you give them milk because they're, they're just not physically able, able to, to digest it. So what he's saying, I brethren, verse one, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as to carnal or as worldly, even as to babes in Christ, I fed you with milk and not with meat. Okay, for here too, you, you, you've been unable to bear it. Neither are you able. And, and why? He says, because you're still carnal. 
You're still carnal. So in other words, while you are still uh, involved in, in earthly behaviors, while you're still thinking about, about worldly things, the things that are in the physical realm, you are not able to focus on the spiritual things of God. So it's time for us to move and graduate from milk to meat. You have to get at a place in your spirit, in your heart, where you, you're saying, Lord, I no longer want to be fed by milk. I want to understand the meteor things of your word. I want to understand the meteor things of, of, of your spiritual existence and how you wish to relate to me. To move from being milk-fed Christian babes to start feeding on the meteor things of God. And he's saying that why? Because you're, you're yet carnal. And why are they behaving? Why are they carnal? As he's saying, and whereas there is among you envying, strife, and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? Okay. So where there's envy and strife and division that's going on in our lives, then we can't expect to be really be, be, be benefiting by the media things of God, which he wants us to feed on. Okay. All right. All right. So he's saying that because of the fact that there's strife among you, envy and division. And he says, and one says, by the way, I am of Paul, another I am Apollos. So in other words, they're following after men. They're, Trump, they're pumping up a Paul. You know, one says, I am of Paul. Another one says, oh, I am of Apollos. Okay. They're following and so focused on Paul. Now, Paul was great at what he was doing, but he, he, he should not have been, 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 been so followed, you know, after that they miss, they miss the spiritual things of what Paul was saying. Even they're looking at Paul, at Paul. Okay. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers of whom you believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. Okay. I have planted, he's saying, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. All right. So you can't go focusing on men so much. You know, don't be focusing so much on your, on your pastor or your minister or your husband or your wife or any other human being so much that you miss the fact that God is the one that is giving the increase in your life, that God is the one that is promoting you, that God is the one that is providing for you, that God is the one that is healing you. Okay, we can't get so focused on people that we forget that God is the one that gave the increase. He says this, so then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that gives the increase. All right. Okay, so so you see, so because of this, he's saying, because of the fact that you're carnal, behaving carnally, strife, divisions, focusing on men, okay, instead of the, the, the spiritual things of God, okay, then we we can't get and uh and, and feed on the media things of the Lord. Okay. One of the deep spiritual concepts to understand is knowing Holy Spirit. That is absolutely critical. Understanding Holy Spirit will lead, will help to see, help you to see and to achieve a breakthrough that you've been praying about. Anyone out there need a breakthrough? Could you use a breakthrough? We can all use a breakthrough from time to time. As long as we are physical and living on this earth, earth and everything God said, Jesus said you would have trials and tribulations, right? But he's greater. He came to overcome those things, but we will have them. So, so we as Christians will, will, will constantly from time to time need breakthroughs in life. Okay, I certainly have had a need for breakthroughs and God gave me the breakthrough every single time. Every single time God came through to me. Okay, sometimes it was quicker, sometimes it wasn't so quick, but God gave me the breakthrough. So we all can use a breakthrough from time to time. But it's critical that we understand how do we achieve those breakthroughs. Many times we feel like there are no answers and we're unsure of the future and we don't know where to turn, especially with the condition of the world that we're living in today. The only way that we can survive today's world and receive our breakthroughs is through knowledge of Holy Spirit. We need Holy Spirit. It's as simple as that. We need to have Holy Spirit. But I'm here to tell you today, I'm here to say to you loudly, if you'll just listen, that there's going to be a breakthrough in your life. 
there will be a breakthrough. And I say this to you as loudly and as firmly as I can. There will be a breakthrough in your life. And you will be amazed at what God is going to do with your life. Maybe you're struggling right now and it seems to be impossible, but there will be a breakthrough. And God is going to get you there. But today, we'll look at some of the deeper knowledge that God wishes you to understand to get you through to that breakthrough. Okay? We'll look at today. The deeper knowledge. What is that deeper knowledge? What are those deep spiritual truths that God wants us to be aware of? and to use, and to activate in our lives. And then how will this happen? By getting a clear understanding of Holy Spirit. That's how. By getting a clear understanding of Holy Spirit. Jesus said that without Holy Spirit, his followers, that's including us, his followers would not be able to fulfill God's call on their lives. So Jesus said, without Holy Spirit, you can't fulfill what God wants you to do. As simple as that. So he sent Holy Spirit to be our helper, to be our teacher, to be our comforter, comforter, to be our advocate, to stand up for us, be our intercessor, to be the one that strengthens us, to be the revealer of truth to us and the one who empowers us. And we need to have the truth revealed. There are so many lies that are being being thrown out there today. I mean, one man will say this, another man will say that and contradict one another back and forth that you just don't know the truth, but Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. And we need to know that. Okay, you'll get to the point that you'll hear someone speaking on TV or someone speaking in front of you that's talking on a particular subject. And everyone out there that's speaking, you wants you to believe exactly what they're saying. Okay, and and, and in today's age, there are so many lies that are being 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 thrown out there. You need to have someone that knows the truth. And of course, that's God. And God will reveal it to you through Holy Spirit. It goes to do with, it goes to do with politics. It goes to do with with health matters. It goes to, to do with uh, uh, other health issues out there. It goes to to, to go along with uh, what's happening in, in in the schools today with our kids and everything. And, and you will know what the truth is. Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. Okay. Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. Holy Spirit does so much for us. He does so much for us, and many times we Christians we simply do not realize it. Developing a relationship with Holy Spirit is crucial. It's absolutely critical for those who desire to discover and fulfill God's will for their lives. Yet the truth is that many Christians who are on fire for God, they love Jesus with all their hearts, minds, and soul and strength, but they remain less familiar with Holy Spirit. Okay? Remain less familiar with Holy Spirit. Therefore, that hinders them from operating in that supernatural realm where God interacts with us. Because the fact that they don't understand him, they're not familiar with him, it hinders them from operating in that supernatural realm where God wants to interact with us. Some long to fellowship with the Spirit of God and hear his still small voice, but don't know how. Or even don't believe that they can, for that matter. But now I ask you, who do you say Holy Spirit is? Who do you think Holy Spirit is? Understanding Holy Spirit will help you to understand the supernatural realm I'm talking about in which God operates. All right. Starting right out the box, Holy Spirit, first of all, as you may, some may know and some may not know, is part of the Trinity. Okay. It is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Okay. We have, we have one God. We don't, we don't worship three gods. We have one God. But as part of the Trinity, each one of those, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are part of the Godhead as it is called. Okay, all right, all right, all right. And there are three distinct personalities, if you will. Many people disregard Holy Spirit's work in their lives because they simply do not understand who he is. 
And even those who know him don't always have a continual awareness of his presence and a deep revelation of his love for them. You can intellectually say, oh, I know there's a Holy Spirit. I know that the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. But do you really understand his relationship to you and how he's been acting in your life? how he's been guiding you in your life. And you may not even really understand it because you don't understand and don't really, really know him. You don't realize the love that Holy Spirit has for you. So therefore, we need to realize that Holy Spirit is a person and not a thing. Let's start right there. Holy Spirit is a person and not a thing. You know, those who have been here a while, Genesis 1 listening, you've heard me say before, Holy Spirit is not, you know, like in Star Wars where it says, you know, may the force be with you. You know, Holy Spirit is not some some some, some entity that's kind of floating out there in the heavens and floating around in, in the atmosphere like that, you know, may the force be with you. Holy Spirit is a person. He's one of the Godhead. He's a person. He's not a thing. We refer to God as God. Sometimes we say Father God. We call Jesus by his name. We say Jesus, Messiah, Christ, we call him by name. But when it comes down to Holy Spirit, we kind of depersonalize him by saying the Holy Spirit, like he's a thing, like he's an object. So one of the things we can start by doing is trying and trying as much as we can is instead of reading the or saying the Holy Spirit, simply say Holy Spirit, that's his name, Holy Spirit. We don't say the God, we don't say the Jesus, but when it comes to Holy Spirit, we wind up saying the Holy Spirit. So try to activate in your life, in your tongue, and in your mind that when you're, you're, you're saying his name, to say Holy Spirit, because that's his name, okay? Because when, when you get in the habit of saying the, it, 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 it kind of, again, as I said, it depersonalizes, it depersonalizes him. It makes him sound like a the, like a thing, like an it, the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. He's a personality, one of the, one of the personalities, if you will, of, of, of God. He's part of the Godhead. He's one of the persons in the Godhead. We need Holy Spirit in order to be victorious, especially in these times. We need to see and understand his role after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We need to understand that he had a role during and even after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit was always with mankind, but God selectively gave him to the prophets. You see in the in, in Old Testament there when you read it, it says, and the Spirit came upon him. You know, you know, or, or Jeremiah spoke, the Holy Spirit came upon him. OK, so Holy Spirit was selectively at time given by God to whoever was meant to prophesy or whoever was meant to carry out an action as God wanted him to carry it out. All right. We see that in the Old Testament. But today he's available to all believers. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, then Holy Spirit is available to you. Holy Spirit is in you and he's available to you on a daily, on a 24 seven basis for you to consult, for you to interact with, for you to, to talk to, to listen to his guidance, to listen to his, um, to, to, to his uh, words to you, okay? To listen to, to listen to as he comforts you, okay? You're hurting and you're worried about something. Go to Holy Spirit, go to God. Let him give you the comfort of, and the presence of his Holy Spirit, all right? I've been in many stressful situations and I will simply cry out to the Lord and say, Heavenly Father, please give me a fresh anointing of Holy Spirit. You know, let me feel his presence. Let me just go forth into this thing, whatever it is I'm, I'm about to do, in your peace. Give me relaxation. Let my, let my nerves be calmed, okay? And Holy Spirit, you'll feel a washing, if you will. I can't describe it better than that. Just a washing come over you, okay? And, and whatever burden you was carrying, by the way, at that time, you'll feel it come off your shoulders. You'll feel it just being lifted off, and you'll feel lighter. You, you'll feel more at ease, and that's the peace of God given to you by his Holy Spirit. Okay, all right. So we have to really get to know him, he's, and he's available to you. If we go to um, 
John 14. John 14. John 14, verse 14. Okay, and this is Jesus speaking. Give a red letter Bible. The words are written in red, meaning this is Jesus speaking. Uh, 14, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Reading in the Bible, that comforts with a capital C, meaning that it's speaking, it's a, it's a proper name, it's referring to Holy Spirit. Give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, okay? But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Well, I mean, highlight all of verse number 17. Even the spirit of truth, meaning the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not. In other words, the world meaning someone that is a non-believer. All right. All of the stuff that you're out there being taught by leadership today in the world, in your country, in your in your county, in your, your province, wherever it is that you're living, many things that the leaders are speaking out there, those that are not saved, Okay, they simply cannot, they simply cannot receive and they cannot see the things of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and and it's so evident by some of the things that they are proposing, some of the policies, what they're trying to put into law. And we as Christians sit there and say, my gosh, how could they? Don't they realize what they're doing? Don't they realize that they're going against the will of God? But they cannot see that. They cannot see that because they simply cannot, they, they, they cannot receive, the world cannot receive. Why? Basically, simple, one fact. They don't know Jesus, okay? They don't know Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, you cannot receive the Holy Spirit. You cannot understand the things of the Holy Spirit. And that's why many in leadership positions today that are making all of the wrong choices, all of the wrong decisions are doing the things that they're doing because they do not know God. They do not know Jesus. Therefore, they cannot receive guidance of Holy Spirit, okay? They cannot receive guidance of the Holy Spirit where they would say, before I enact that law, before I sign that bill, before I do this, before I do that, Holy Spirit in me is telling me this is the wrong way to go. I don't care what those people may be saying, this is the wrong way to go. And as a leader, I am not going to do that. I am not going to permit it. I am not going to okay it. I am not going to promote it. But because of the fact they don't know Jesus, they can't be guided by Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, you as a child of God, you know him because Holy Spirit dwells in you and he shall be in you. Okay, so you're a believer. You've confessed Jesus as Lord. Holy Spirit is in you and you know him or you can know him even more deeply if you seek out and you choose to. If in your heart of hearts, you want to really know him more deeply. He goes on to say in verse number 18, um, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Okay, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. This is him, this is Jesus, Jesus talking about things to come. After he's crucified and goes back to, and is resurrected and goes back to God the Father, he says that he's going to send the comforter. Yet a, yet a little while and the world seeth me no more. But you see me because I live, you shall live also. And at that day you shall know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. He that has my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father and will love him. And I will manifest myself to him. All right. So here we see again, this is understanding the supernatural realm and and you interacting in that supernatural realm by way of Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit guiding you, letting him guide you. Okay, and you see, if we look at where it starts, the Holy Spirit comes, you know, we're talking about the day of Pentecost, which was 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. Okay, 
where Jesus said, you know, I must go. In scripture, that Jesus said, I have to go because if I don't go, then I cannot send a comforter. Jesus had to go through through the, the, the crucifixion process, if you will, with the resurrection and to return to the Father. Holy Spirit could not be given as long as Jesus was on this earth. So he had to go through all of that. And he said, then I will send a comforter. Okay. So then we see what happens here where, where they're told, they're told to wait for the Holy Spirit. If we go to some familiar scripture to many, familiar to many of you, Acts 1, 1, Acts 1, verse 1. Acts 1, verse 1. Okay. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. In other words, saying that even Jesus, Jesus went through the crucifixion, was resurrected. Okay, many infallible proofs. Jesus was around for 40 days. Many saw him, many talked to him. He, Jesus continued talking about the kingdom of God, infallible proofs. Okay, so Jesus was walking on this earth after he was crucified and resurrected. Okay, many infallible proofs seen after his passion. After his passion means referring to the crucifixion. After his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. So he's telling them to tarry, all right, to stay in Jerusalem, okay, stay in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. For Julie, true, uh, John, sorry, so John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, Will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the time nor the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. Not for you to know. Don't worry about it. Okay? Okay? Don't worry about it. Which the Father has put in his own power. But you shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. All right? Okay? Don't worry about when I'm going to return and all of that stuff, okay? But you're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And when he had spoken these things while they were held, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they yet, uh, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into, into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem for the Mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when he would come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued uh, with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brethren. All right. And so they stood there. They went there. They did just as Jesus told them to do. And they were in, 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 in that upper room. They on one accord. I mean, they were all in agreement. If only the body of Christ could come in to be totally in agreement. If only we could. Okay. But Jesus said to go and to tarry and to wait. And then we go to, to uh, Acts 2. 
Let's go to Acts 2 and start with verse number 1 there. And when the day of Pentecost was fully, Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Underline verse 4, please. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men were out of every nation under heaven. And when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. They had many people there out of every nation. Therefore, they spoke various languages, but yet still they heard them speaking. Those where the Holy Spirit fell on them and they were out there speaking, speaking in other languages. They, they heard them. People from these other nations heard them speaking in their own language. Verse 7 says, And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? In other words, they're Galileans, so how do we hear them in our own language? Okay? Okay. Here, maybe your prime language is, is uh, English, and then you go someplace and you hear someone speaking, and um, they're speaking. You hear them in your language, uh, English, but the person standing next to you maybe speaks Spanish, but that person is hearing that person in Spanish. Maybe someone on your other side of you, you know, speaks French, and the person hears that person who is speaking, speaking in French. So everyone heard what was being said in their own particular language. Behold, are these not all Galileans? And how we hear every man in our own tongue, wherein we, we were born. Parthenians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia, Pamphylia and Egypt and in parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues, the wonderful works of God. Okay. Here they were speaking in, in, in they were speaking, but they heard them in their own language. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. <laughs> They're drinking. These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken. These people are not drunk that speak in you. He's talking about those where the Holy Ghost fire fell on them now remember okay they came out and the word of god says they were speaking in tongues okay they said these men are not drunk these men are not drunk as you suppose seeing is but the third hour of the day in other words it was nine o'clock in the morning (laughs) nine o'clock they said they're not drunk okay it's nine o'clock in the morning but this is that which was spoken by the prophet joel okay so now he's talking about this is what old scriptures said okay the prophet joel and it shall come to pass in the last days saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy and they shall prophesy. He goes on to say, I will show signs and wonders in heaven above and signs in earth below, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before that great day and notable day of the Lord come. Amen. And so he's saying that though, these men are not drunk, but he's, what is you seeing happening here is the fulfillment of what Joel wrote, what prophet Joel wrote in scripture before. Okay. 
They're speaking in other tongues. Right? Now, the subject of tongues and prophesying is a controversial subject in the, in the church today, and that is a whole sermon unto itself, and I, I won't go into that now. All right, But this is part of the supernatural workings of God in, in that supernatural realm. This is part of the supernatural workings of Holy Spirit. Okay, And we can't be so quick to just poo-poo it and just dismiss it. Okay, because it is through the doubt that we have about the things, the deep spiritual things written in the word of God. It's because of the doubt that we have and entertain in our lives that many of us are unable to walk and work in the supernatural realm. This can be holding us and preventing Holy Spirit from really interacting in our lives, interacting in our lives, because we have so many doubts and things about what the word of God is saying. Okay, And the reason that we don't see more awesome, bold miracles today is because there are so many out there that simply don't believe in miracles. Okay, we don't see miracles because we don't believe that miracles can exist. All right. Okay, this is walking and working in that supernatural realm and believing what the Word of God is saying wholeheartedly. Don't try to rationalize and philosophize and and and, and figure out well why this can't work, why this can't be. So this doesn't make sense. No, it, it doesn't make sense to to our carnal minds. Okay, to our earthly minds. But it's when we decide and we choose that we're going to enter into that supernatural realm and we're going to let God minister to us and speak to us and guide us and show us in that supernatural realm, regardless of what may make sense to us in the natural realm or in our natural minds. Okay? We have to begin to know who He, who Holy Spirit is. And the fact that miracles do exist, whether we believe them or not. Right? Some of the attributes that the Holy Spirit has, you know, you know, any any living being has attributes. There are things that he has, so to speak. You know, okay, things, uh, you know, someone that is a non-being cannot possess uh, uh, qualities and attributes, you know, such as having a will. Okay, a will to do something. You worship a rock; that rock doesn't have a will. You worship a tree; a tree does not have a will. Holy Spirit has a will. We go to one Corinthians twelve. One Corinthians twelve, verse number one. Okay, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. Holy Spirit has gifts for us. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. You were Gentiles, okay, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man that speaks by the Spirit of God can call Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. And there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but is the same God that works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another divers or various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Okay, here we go with the tongues thing again. Okay, so another diverse kinds of tongues, so another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh with one of the same, uh, one and the self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Underline as he will. So you see, Holy Spirit has a will. Holy Spirit indeed has a will. Something that uh, inanimate things cannot have. 
Holy Spirit also leads. You go to Romans 8, 14. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Let me read that again. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and as children then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed unto us. Okay? So we see that in the very first uh, scripture, verse 14. Many as are led by the Spirit of God, the other Son. We need to let Holy Spirit lead us, especially now. We need the Holy Spirit lead us. No one else, nothing else. You know, I just read that all of us, that there's another, another social media app that's out there now that I forget the name of that they're trying to replace with, uh, replace Twitter with or bring competition to Twitter. Okay? Now, all I'm saying to you is this. You want to be involved in social media, that's fine. Many want to stay in touch with their friends and family and stuff like that, photos and whatnot. But all I'm just saying to you is that the stuff that is on there, do not be led by hope, hook, line, and sinker by what you read. The opinions of people, because a lot of that stuff that is out there is putting out there, is put out there to guide our thinking. There is a scramble, a mad scramble for possession of our minds, okay? Okay, and they see they they, they want to uh, uh, grab us and have us thinking to change our thinking in any way that we can that they can. And if we fall hook, line, and sink for every single thing that you read on social social media, you'll be guided down the wrong path. Okay, let the Holy Spirit do it, do the leading. All right, you keep social media in 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 context as to where it belongs. You want to have fun posting pictures and communicating with your friends and family. Want it? That's fine. But when you start hearing things, let Holy Spirit guide you. And when you're reading those comments, because it's impossible if you're not read comments that are out there if you're on social media. Let Holy Spirit lead you. You're reading something, uh-uh, Holy Spirit will tell you, no, 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 that's a non-truth. That is not true. That is not accurate. And you pick up and you stop reading. You wash your mind of it, so to speak. Wash your eyes of it and you move on to something else. Right? We need to make sure that we're led by Holy Spirit, not by what others are thinking. Okay? The Holy Spirit teaches. The Holy Spirit teaches what we need to know. Let's go to 1 John. I'm sorry, not 1 John. John 14. Big John. John 14, 15. John 14, 15, and winding down here. Uh, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for it dwells in you and shall be with you. I read that to you again. I will not leave you comfortless. I will indeed come to you. All right. So we see there again, the Holy Spirit can also be grieved. In 1 Thessalonians 5.19, the Apostle Paul told believers, do not quench the Spirit. In Ephesians 4.30 uh, reads, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. To grieve the Holy Spirit would mean to make the Spirit sad or to do something opposite to what God uh, wants you to do. God will open a new way for you. He will give you that breakthrough that you need. If you're sick, you're in debt, uh, issues with school or, or at work, start praising. Listen to the Holy Spirit, and God will work out a miracle for you. God will indeed deliver you. You must have a strong understanding of what God's word means. Scripture in Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. Everything that God tells you is true. Everything that he tells you by way of his word is true. Everything that he tells you when you're in prayer time with him, everything that he tells you through Holy Spirit is indeed true. 
But in order for you to receive this breakthrough, you must be willing to not follow the crowd. Do not follow the crowd, especially today. Breakthrough might also mean break away. That means you need to break away either with some relationships that you're in or from people that you're associating with. You know, do not follow the crowd. Only follow the Holy Spirit and he will guide you. And how strong are you to not follow along where it might mean you're going away from God's will for your life? It might mean you're going away from God's will. God is going to give you a breakthrough. You have the keys to receiving that breakthrough. You know where God now wants you to go. All right. You, you, you want to benefit from God, then make a decision to understand that there is a supernatural realm and God operates in that supernatural realm. And this is where I want to be with him. Praise God. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And now, um, you know, before we close, uh, I want to mention to you, first of all, that we can be found at www.genesis1.sermon.net. Uh, if you look at the top of the page, you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified automatically when a new message is out there or on YouTube, Genesis One Christian Ministries. And of course, we have our free apps for Android and Apple devices. So go to the respective stores and download the apps free of charge. Everything is free of charge. You can download the videos, download um, audio only, whatever it is that you want to download and save for later. Praise God. Praise God. Let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God, and we pray now that we retain these words, retain these words deep within our spirit so that they cannot be stolen away when the evil one tries to raise his ugly head against us, O oh Lord God. We thank you, Lord. We magnify thy most glorious name. Let us always desire to know more of you, to walk more deeply in you, to operate in your spiritual realm, O oh Lord God, so that we can hear and be guided by your precious Holy Spirit. We thank you, Heavenly Father, and we praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Praise God, praise God. Go forth and be blessed. And remember always that Jesus is Lord. Here we are. Thank you, Lord. In your prayer.